Hello and welcome to another episode of The Motion Picture, a podcast where two blokes pitch movie ideas that will never be made, probably. I mean, that's a fair, that's a fair point. It's a fair point, but uh, yeah, it could happen. You got plans. That's right, yeah, we're going <laughs> to aim, aim for the stars, man. Absolutely. My name's Matt Hopkins and I'm joined, as always, by my friend Michael Trinko. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, Michael, give me a synopsis of the movie that we watched for this episode, which was 1997's Event Horizon. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Event Horizon uh, is a, about a, a team of astronauts, uh, a rescue crew, uh, who is sent to investigate a lost spacecraft which disappeared on its maiden voyage and has now returned. Spooky. Spooky. <laughs> um, starring uh, Sam Neill. Uh, yep, Sam Neill, um, and we also got Lawrence Fishburne, yes, yes, uh, Jason Isaacs. For any Harry Potter fans out there, um, but otherwise, yeah. So we we got a, it's a a, a decent cast, uh, albeit a uh, a pretty small one as well. Basically, um, it's kind of got like a bit of a haunted house in space vibe about it. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I brought this up in our previous episode when we watched Ghost Ship uh, and when we were discussing our sequels, I thought, you know what? It's kind of funny because when I was thinking about the sequel that I wanted to do, I thought the next logical sequence from a ghost ship, which is basically a haunted house on water, wet haunted house, <laughs> would be a haunted house in space. And that's actually what a lot of people have called this movie. It's like a haunted house in space. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. I wonder if we like accidentally just made ourselves watch this movie after Ghost Ship and <laughs> just by talking about that. Yeah, a real uh, Freudian moment. Yeah, did you call it a Freudian moment? I don't know. We did. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Bloody done it. Yeah, <laughs> done and done it. Yeah. So, uh, Matt, when you when you just give us the plot, just to sort of you know, I would be fucking honoured. Completely forgot the word I, really- I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> it's, how it's good. Right. Sorry, baby, don't be scared. Um, so, Event Horizon, um, we get some nice little text at the beginning that explains um, where we're at in history. It's the year uh, 2047 is the is the year that the movie is set. I think I said something about 2030-something was like the first moon colony. And then shortly after that was... Um, the moon the- colony was actually 2015. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, we lived it. Which even, I mean, this is like a 97 film. Yeah. 2015, that's... Uh, ambitious. Right. Yeah, it's ambitious to say the least. <laughs> yeah, safe to say there is still no colony on the moon, or at least not that I know and of. that we know of, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So we get a little glimpse into what uh, humanity has accomplished as a space-faring species. The ship, uh, the titular ship, the titular event horizon, goes missing in the year 2040. Um, and... It uh, reappears miraculously in the year 2047 from the place that disappeared, which was around Neptune. Yeah, mm. Neptune's space, I think they keep referring to it. Yeah. It just has a cool ring to it. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Funny that they chose Neptune. You never really hear much about Neptune, do you? No, it gets a bum rap Yeah, all the way out there. Not like uh, Uranus, which is a bum rap. Oh, jeez. Hey? Uh, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Actually, no. You know what? I don't apologize. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm sticking with that. Let's lean into it. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. So, the salvage crew that is sent to suss out the um, remains of the Event Horizon uh, is led by Captain Miller, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Um, various crew on board, including 
um, including Sam Neill. Yeah, who, so Sam uh, Dr. Neil, Weir. Dr. Weir. Dr. Yeah. Weir. <laughs> which is one letter away from weird. Yeah. Which is a pretty accurate description of the movie as a whole, I would say. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's a coincidence. <laughs> this is deep, you know. If I were to learn anything from, from high school English, it's to really just read into things. 100%. Yeah. That was absolutely a ploy <laughs> by the writer. <laughs> yeah, so... Dr. Weir's on board. No one really knows why he's on board. They know he's related to the ship somehow. They do kind of a long-winded exposition scene before they go into like, uh, what do you call it? Hypersleep? Stasis. Stasis. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of, um, you know, the old suspended in water deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sleeping with the fishies. No. <laughs> yeah. the, the long nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me and my technical jargon. <laughs> I would have called it a gravity nap, but that's just me. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. A buoyant nap. Yeah. 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 yeah, there you go. So, they're doing this exposition scene where Dr. Weir explains what's going on. He says that the ship disappeared, uh, reveals that it's come back. Everyone on board is, is kind of shocked because they, along with the rest of the world, were led to believe that the ship disappeared without a trace and has never come back. It was destroyed, basically. Yeah, it was like a horrible accident. Yeah. 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 Uh, he says, no, absolutely not. It was um, it was doing what it was meant to do in that it had something um, on board called a gravity drive, mm. which was um, essentially a way to travel to distant, um, distant regions of space without going at the speed of light. Um, it folds space. So, it, like, warps gravity or <laughs> gravity... Would you call it walks? It, so yeah, so it, <laughs> it, it, it basically like it turns space into like an MC Escher painting, and <laughs> yeah. just you know allows the ship to like a- arrive at distant points that would take you know uh, unreasonable amounts of time to actually travel, even at the speed of light. Yeah, yeah. He does a very nice little example with a picture of a sexy lady that was hanging <laughs> in someone's bunk. Yeah. He pulls it down. He folds. Uh, the folded in half and says, um, you know, you go, you basically go straight through and that's the quickest way between two points, two distant points on the page. Yeah. Is to, yeah, fold space. Basically the same explanation for the wormhole in Interstellar. Yeah. Sans sexy naked lady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which frankly was an oversight by uh, Christopher Nolan, I gotta hey, tell you. Which one's better, you know, make up your own mind. Who's to say? <laughs> yeah. Who's we're, not, to say? we're not your dads. <laughs> uh, so at this point we... Um, we are told that Dr. Weir is there because he designed the gravity drive. So he is ship daddy, I like to call him. Yeah. I think that's official. Yeah. Ship yeah. daddy. Ship daddy. Ship daddy Neil. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, yeah, they go into stasis. They wake up. Um, they are about to board the ship when Weir decides this is the perfect point to pull out the last known recording from the ship which is an audio file that sounds just completely fucked. <laughs> Awful. And at that point, you know what? I would have just said, I'm going home, but I guess that's pretty hard to do in Neptune space. Yeah. I, <laughs> even like, even so, even knowing that I couldn't go back immediately, I would have just been like, I'm going back into my gigantic IV bag. <laughs> yeah. Just going to sleep. Like, Put me back in. Yeah. I just, I just want to point out, I just saw your note for that particular part of the, of the plot. Uh, pl- he plays disturbing recording hyphen Latin. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to bring the Latin bit up in, the, in that, um, of course, 
one person on the on the ship speaks Latin, and it's the creepy guy who is uh, the medic. Not the medic, but the yeah. No, he's the medic. No, he's the medic. Yeah, yeah. he is the medic. Yeah. And he says, um, "Wait, rec- uh, replay that," and then they replay it back, and then it turns out that he picks out a voice and it says he says it says "save me" uh, in Latin. Yeah. Um, which is another indication of just get the fuck out of there, honestly. Mm. But no, they go on the they go on the ship. Uh, no one's on board, as um, as Captain Miller, uh, Lawrence <laughs> Fishburne puts it. This place is a tomb. Easily the best line in the entire <laughs> film. It's worth watching just for that. One hundred percent. One of many very corny lines. <laughs> yeah. And I got to tell you, I'm a big fan. <laughs> um. So they split up as they do. Good horror movie trope. It's just like in Ghost Ship. Yeah. 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 Uh, a lot of parallels here. Yeah. Um, so, two of them go up to the front of the ship. Um, Justin, also known as Baby Bear. He's like the uh, the child of the ship. That's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The token ship child. <laughs> he, he goes to uh, the back of the boat engineering... Um, which is where the uh, the gravity drive is, or as I like to call it, the ship's asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a big bum hole for a lot of reasons, and you know you kind of see why. Nothing good happens there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing good happens there. <laughs> um, so he um, he goes down there. The gravity drive is like a big ball with all of these like rings around it. Mm. Does a lot of science fiction. He's rotating, spinning. Yeah. All of the things align and then a portal opens. A la Stargate. Yes. Yeah. yeah definitely big Stargate vibes. Yeah. Um, he, of course, goes up to it, touches it, puts his hand inside it. Into the goo. Into the bum. Yep. And he gets pulled into it. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like, because uh, they're attached to the uh, Lewis and Clark still. The Lewis and Clark being the rescue vessel. Yep. And the... Um, the line just starts like reeling in like oh, a yeah. big fish is on the end of it. Mm. And everyone freaks out. They stop the line. And in doing that, the bum hole um, emits like a huge... Electromagnetic fart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. A big fart yep. that damages the uh, the Lewis and Clark. So basically, they're stranded at this point. Yep. Um, they're stuck. They all have to kind of jump onto the event horizon Against many of their better judgments, but they get they get Baby Bear back though as well. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they pull Baby Bear back. He's unconscious and just completely unresponsive, but he's alive. Mm. Um, I think at one point the um, one of them says um, he may wake up in an hour. He may not wake up at all, or something like that. Yeah. So basically, your classic. I've been inside a big butthole. Yeah. And yeah. came back. Yeah. Yeah. Into. Um, which I imagine is what would happen if you put your entire body into the anus of anything. <laughs> I <don't> think so. <laughs> You'd come out fairly catatonic. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that just um. <laughs> you, you it's not like, a line I thought I would say tonight, but here went, we are. Yeah, we've really we've really like reached <laughs> deep into the whole butt motif. Yeah. <laughs> Real deep. <laughs> Real deep. Uh, <laughs> so at this point, everyone starts um, seeing weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> Real weird shit. It, it seems that the ship understands everyone's fears and knows how to exploit them. Yeah. Uh, it's at this point that Stark, who is kind of like the deputy of the ship, who's Stark again? Stark's the, uh, the oh second the, command. Yes. Yeah. The woman. Gotcha. Um. The uh, sorry. The woman. The woman. <laughs> there's uh, there's more than one woman in this movie, <laughs> but the woman named Stark. The woman named Stark. She suggests that maybe the ship is alive. mm Hmm. Uh, and the visions obviously get worse. 
there is some, I can't remember, I don't know if it's at this point, but I think it's important to say that some um, some theories get thrown around that perhaps the ship has been to somewhere hellish. Yeah, yeah, there is. I mean, particularly with like the, the whole Latin yeah. like recording and, and there's like a bit of, yeah, like religious sort of overtones to the whole uh to the whole thing and uh you know naturally you have the the main scientist i think he's the only scientist dr Wee. like mm. he's like shooting it down and trying to be logical and just like downplaying all these like weird occurrences the yeah. entire time and i like to think it's because he's ship daddy and there's a special connection there yeah it's his it's his little boy <laughs> yeah yeah so the uh the visions get worse some more weird shit happens baby bear wakes up Mm. Um, no one sees that happens, but he takes himself to an airlock and basically locks himself in there, says that he's seen some real awful shit in the bumhole. Yep. Um, they're like, come on, let yourself out. He's not taking any of that. He cycles the airlock to basically open it. And then he kind of um, becomes lucid again and was like, oh, wait, what the hell's going on? I don't want to die. Mm. Luckily... Um, Captain Miller is on the outside of the ship repairing the Lewis and Clark. He's able to get himself to um, the airlock as Justin Baby Bear uh, starts to be decompress. Decompress, really, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's blood coming out of his mouth and all sorts. Yeah, horrible it's, stuff. It's fair to say I, I, that Baby Bear throughout this entire film has a real shit go of it. <laughs> just, Doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. It's not good. Into yeah. big uh, shit bum holes and <laughs> yeah. into the gaping anus of space. That's right. <laughs> you know? Just um, The gaping anus of space. <laughs> it's exactly how I want to see it explained in the next season of... Uh, <laughs> yeah. And what is space if not for a gigantic gaping <laughs> we anus? You know? <laughs> really next on cosmos <laughs> yeah. uh, funny interesting fact small segue i think it was last year i read that um they actually found that uh uranus <laughs> smells like farts because there's a certain amount of like uh methane gas or or some sort of fart like gas within the atmosphere yeah how fitting <laughs> extremely fitting, I guess. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. things just work out, you know, <laughs> for the better. You know, this is this is going to be the most highbrow podcast <laughs> out there. Damn right, baby. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Uranus smells like farts. <laughs> it exists in the gaping void of space. And how? Hmm. So, <laughs> apologies for that segue there. <laughs> um, uh, he yeah. So so Miller gets um, Baby Bear back into the ship. He's real messed up, but he lives. I think they put him in like a coma, so he's like kind of out of action. Yeah, he's back in the IV bag, right? Yeah, yeah, more or less. At this point, Miller and the medic are talking, and he said that he, the medic that knows Latin, said that he listened <laughs> to the voice recording again. He said, "I've found, I found something else in that um, in that recording. It wasn't actually save me." And then he said it was something else. And then he said it actually translates to save yourself from hell. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Which is where I think, yeah, that's where the um, the assumption that it's gone to some sort of other dimension that is hell-like in nature or that would be very closely relatable to our concept of hell. Yeah. Yeah. So somewhere pretty awful. Yeah. You wouldn't want to go. Fair to say. Yeah. You wouldn't want to go. Mm. Absolutely not. Mostly because they all speak Latin there, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Hell, I mean... Yeah, I mean, where else are you going to speak Latin, really? 
It's very like it's a scary language when you really break it down. Yeah, I wonder if um, I wonder what like humor sounds like in in Latin. Oh God, <laughs> awful. Yeah, I, I can. I, I'm, okay, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna look into this. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna hold you to that. Okay. I'm gonna really um, bust it out on you when, uh, yeah, when you least like, expect it. I'm thinking if someone can pull it off, it's gonna be like you know John Mulaney or you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone someone's gonna be able to do it. it needs yeah. to be the right person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And he said to me, <laughs> yeah. Ergo sume, <laughs> liberate me. <laughs> yeah. uh, All right. Man. Well, that mystery solved. It works. There you go. Yeah. As chair. Egg on my face. <laughs> um, Ergo my face. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. So we are at the... Um, Intermission point of the movie at the moment, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, cool. So at that point, I think everyone's very much freaked out. They actually, um, they find that other record, the video recording mm. on the um, on the ship's, uh, in the ship's cockpit. Oh, uh, drives. Yeah. And um, old mate ran it through a bunch of filters, which is what you do when you want to clear something up. You just run it through a bunch of nondescript filters. <laughs> I love this in just like sci-fi movies in general. Like... Yeah. I'm not sure if it's an attempt to like guess what the future is going to be like, or if it's just like whatever, just just yeah. say something, it's fine. Filters, yeah, yeah. Ah, filters, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like the old, um, it's it's like uh, when they when they do the enhanced thing, right? Where they're like a <laughs> yeah. pixelated, yeah, and, yeah. Zoom in on that number plate, and it's all of a sudden like crystal clear. Yeah, enhance. I assume they're yeah because they're running it through filters. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. So many filters. <laughs> So they run the they run the clip through filters, um, and it turns out basically crystal clear. It is a um, you see I don't know what like thirty seconds of basically the crew tearing each other apart. There's definitely some like fucking going on, mm. horrible stuff. The guys gouged his eyes out. It's just awful. It's no good. Yeah. So um, oh yeah, at that point they're like, okay, fuck this. We're getting the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. They've repaired the Lewis and Clark. It's pretty much ready to go. Um, but then visions start knocking off the crew. Basically, they like if they get picked off one by one by their own foibles. <laughs> Is foibles the right word? If I use that in the right context, yeah, I think, it, I think it I'm going to run with it. The comic tone of it. That's why I appreciate it better. <laughs> it just it just came to me, and I thought foibles is a great word to use right now. Yeah, and I've done it, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, so Visions knock off the crew one by one. Weir gouges his own eyes out because he's fucked. But prior to which he just said that he's home. Yeah, Weir is Weir is in all sorts at this point. Um, I mean, his his whole vision like uh, vision journey. I don't know what you call it, but like just all of his wife, all with no eyes. Yeah, uh, and so he obviously sort of you know is over come by the evil of the other dimension or whatever is going on in there and um yeah either goes mad or you know is possessed but he rips out his eyes as well mm. um which i believe he says is because where they're going they don't need eyes yeah some, something to that effect yeah um do you see do you oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah do you see so they steal the initial line from back to the future yeah. <laughs> where we're going we don't need roads yeah and then they they're ripping off red dragon unbelievable <laughs> the nerve. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he um, he guides his eyes out. They have like a, a bit of a fight in the uh, in the cockpit because he doesn't want to leave. Everyone else wants to leave. He's fully delusional. Mm. No, wait, sorry, I've gotten ahead of myself here. He guide he gouges his eyes out and then takes the bombs from the corridor that separate 
Oh, the emergency uh, explosives. Yeah. Yep. So there's explosives that line the, the long corridor of the ship that are used for, in, like in, a, in the event of emergency, um, that will basically separate the halves of the ship using the forward half as a light lifeboat. Mm. So um, he's taken one of those explosives, put it on the Lewis and Clark, um, and basically blew it to hell, uh, along with um, one of the crew members, Smith. I think it was Smith. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets blown to smithereens. So they've basically got no way home. They're stuck on the event horizon. Mm. Then they have the fight in the cockpit. And as they're fighting Cooper, who was blown into space by the explosion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he uses the... Um, who, mind you, gets blown very far away. Yeah. Like, like when you realize how far away he is, it's kind of comical. Yeah. It is very comical. Because his, his solution to getting back to the ship is to blow his air... Mm. tank which like you know uses like propulsion to then head back but he's like like when they arrive at at the event horizon sorry i'm going on some sort of like tangent here but like when they arrive at the event horizon it is in like they say neptune space but it's in like the atmosphere of neptune yeah because there's like clouds and stuff in there yeah there's like lightning and, and there's weather events going on and then, yeah, as you said, he, Cooper gets blown out into space and he's like, you can see the whole planet yeah. from where he is. Yes. And he's like, so far out. And not like, oh, it's like it's huge. Look at the size. Of it. It, he's, it's like a dot yeah. almost. Like it's tiny. It is so small. And he goes, all right, I'll just, you know, just... <gasps> yeah. And just like... <laughs> blows I mean, his hair and then he makes it back and just like hits the windscreen like a fly. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think he says something here. He's like, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah. the middle of a really tense fight. I think he's responsible for 80% of the corny lines. In yeah. Because when he's out there and he's like, oh man, why does this shit always happen to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was real. Like he played a pivotal role in terms of like getting the ship ready yeah. and, and fixing things. It's almost like they didn't have enough lines for him. So they're just like, I'll just give him like a quick throwaway. Give him all of the corn. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, all of the corn that we have, give it to this man. (laughs) Yeah, so he gets he um he miraculously makes it back to the ship. Yeah, um, yeah, straight onto the front window. (laughs) Weir, who has no eyes at this point and claims that he doesn't need to see. Turns around, he's got like a um, like a bolt gun, like a repair bolt gun type thing. Yeah, it's kind of like a big rivet gun that yeah. they're using to repair the ship. Yeah. Which he is like holding... Um, uh, who's he holding? Uh, Smith? Um, yeah, who's the captain again? Miller? Miller. Yeah. Miller time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's holding Miller like hostage and um, the other person who is also there the stark there's someone uh, stark yeah it, stark know, and miller should have watched the film maybe i know the names <laughs> um yeah so he's he's holding them both hostage with this big rivet gun mm. and then you know they basically argue themselves into a position where like you're not going to shoot me because you'll pierce the hole and the thing will decompress yeah to which dr weir is like well i'm just not going to do that basically yeah no he says something like um what makes you think I'll miss? Yeah. Probably because you gouged your own fucking eyes out. Too many eyes, yeah. You absolute psychopath. Which is fine. Like, it sort of adds to the eeriness of like, oh, yeah. he's like possessed and, you know, he's waving a gun around. But then when Cooper like lands on the windscreen on the outside of the ship, <laughs> no second thought and just being like, I'll just blast through those windows. Yeah. Like, no problems yeah. at all. That really bugged me, that yeah. thing. But yeah, and then they uh, they basically end up 
uh, or getting sucked out. Well, sorry, not all of them get sucked out in the space, but we're, we're. He, he's out the window. He's, he's gone. gone. Yeah. He's gone. He gets sucked out. Cooper makes it back via the airlock. He somehow claws his way around the ship. Yeah. It doesn't explain it. He just He's just there all of a sudden. They, um, yeah, they all somehow manage to not get sucked out. Yeah. Uh, including yeah, including Kubo is the most miraculous one because yeah. he was outside of the ship the entire time. They they get back to the lifeboat, but Miller goes to the like the ship's engine again. Yeah, right? so so yeah, they basically said right, we need to you we need to do the whole lifeboat thing. Yeah. So he goes and arms all the explosives in the corridor. Right. And then he gets confronted by the by his vision, which is. Um, the guy that he couldn't save that got burnt alive. That's right. Yep. And that guy like shoots fire at him. Mm. Um, and he gets basically funneled into the um, the ship's bum hole. Yep. Where Weir is again, but he's all like cut up like um, like Hellraiser version of Weir. Yeah. But he's got eyes again though. Yeah. He's got eyes again. Yeah, Wait, does he? Yeah. Actually, no, you're right. He does. Yeah. And he um, he's like, yeah, the ship brought me back. Blah, 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 blah. Um, they have a big fight. Well, I I call it a fight, but we like basically belts the shit out of him. Yeah, it's very one sided. There's a couple of like slow motion shots of of Miller being tossed around, yeah. and like lots of fire. we has got that like Latin hell strength yeah. that allows him to just <laughs> yeah <laughs> just yeah. chuck him around like yeah. a like a piece of garbage. He's conjugating verbs in Latin and just <laughs> like raging. <laughs> uh. um, yeah, and then uh, basically he he you know. Makes the ultimate sacrifice. He does. He does. He blows up uh, the corridor, splitting the ship off. The forward half goes. So basically, we've got Baby Bear in stasis, who is alive, Cooper and Stark. They're the only three survivors. Mm. Um, And then we see an image of like the gravity drive opens up. Yep. Sorry, I should have mentioned that while they were having the fight in the cockpit is that we turned on the gravity drive. Right. So he has a convenient countdown. Yes. 10 minutes. So yeah, within that ten minute time, Miller was able to to break off the rest of the ship, and then the gateway opens up, sucks in that half of the ship. The the rest of the crew go into stasis and are basically rescued by another crew, shortly after. Yeah, uh, and that and thus ends the film, mm. leaving it open to a sequel. In our humble opinion, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and what a sequel! <laughs> God damn. Yeah. Um, where do you think? What do you think happened to um? To Miller, I guess he just went to the hell dimension. Yeah, like I, because effectively he he's really only going by himself. Mm. Like I mean, obviously he has that fight with with Weir, but yeah, as you said, like it's it's the ship's like manifestation of Weir. It's not actually Weir. Yeah. So it's yeah, effectively he's just like sent himself to hell. Really. Yeah. Um, it's which, the ultimate sacrifice. You know, wouldn't recommend it. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't want to go there. Even for a weekend, you wouldn't want to go there. Yeah, no. Um, pretty grim. Super grim. But, you know, I guess, you know, that's that's what the captain does, right? <laughs> that's life. That- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when yeah. life gives you space lemons, um, All right. you go to hell. So, <clears throat> now, let's discuss some um, some gripes and perhaps some, some favorite parts of the film. Well, I, I think uh, the first thing that we should mention, which I dare say, uh, you know, I don't like to speak on your behalf, but uh, I am pretty confident in this one. 
probably one of the best and most surprising things about this film was hands down techno music. Oh yeah, at the intro and the at the end of the film. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, it's it's, it's way more techno than I remember it being because I remember it like it starts off quite like you know standard space horror movie deal. But then it gets like it busts out some like real techno beats, way more techno than I remember it being. It's 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 almost like the the Mortal Kombat movies mm. level of techno. Yeah, which if you've seen those movies, like it is it's it's as full on as techno gets. To, yeah, <laughs> at least in, in like the film world, you could bust it out in a rave, and I don't think anyone would would bat an eyelid. No. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it seemed, cause I don't remember, remember that at all. Yeah. And like, I've seen this film, uh, you know, like a handful of times, but over a long, you know, over years and years. Yeah. Um, cause this was one of the first sort of, you know, scary movies yeah. that I ever saw and it like freaked the shit out of me. I didn't Same. watch anything remotely scary for years after that. But, uh, yeah, I, like I, <laughs> I remember turning it on to watch it for this like episode and I was just like. Why was I terrified of this? It's <laughs> yeah. just a lot of techno in space. Yeah, I mean, it was scary back in the day. I think um, it is a scary movie, yeah. but it's, I think that false sort of set. Like, I was like, techno music that doesn't yeah. make sense. Um, horror movie, horror, horror's come a long way as a genre um, since 1997. I think. Yeah, did we go? Uh, we we did techno, and then we started doing a bit of new metal. New metal, and yeah. then um, well, now we got like actual terrifying scores. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's just because we, um, yeah, you know what? I can't even contextualize it. Like, what is it that makes? I guess they just actual proper taken seriously movie scores. Yeah, I I would I, I mean you know <laughs> as complete non experts, like I'd be curious if it's just like writing. Uh, film scores and things like that is just more like a bigger field now or it's more yeah. accessible or like i don't know maybe it, it's not as expensive mm. as like just quickly getting like a bit of sample techno yeah. <laughs> off yeah. lime wire or something that yeah. you can use in your movie get skrillex on the phone we got a we got a movie we need him to soundtrack <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um but yeah that for me was a, a personal highlight i think um I uh, yeah, as we mentioned before on the the sort of review of like the the synopsis, like the 2015 Moon Colony still just tickles me a little <laughs> bit, like just because I think if I didn't laugh, I would cry. <laughs> just well, I wish we had a colony on the moon. That'd be cool. It would be cool. Yeah, go back to the moon. That's, we need <laughs> to go back there. I don't know. What I mean, well, I, you know, I guess the the thing that we should probably definitely mention, which is uh, was recently. Uh, in like the news, uh, at one point was um Sam Neill's uh flag mm. that's on his jumpsuit. Yeah, so the the crew is met with like mentioning is like a sort of diverse multicultural group. Like we've got Americans and English people, and uh, we have an Australian who actually is a, an Australian actor playing an Australian character who speaks with an Australian accent, which is like pretty rare. And to be like, it's funny. I always, for some reason, and I'm basing this. I don't know. I, I guess I've always just been slightly stupid in the head. <laughs> yeah, no, I always thought that his accent was British for some reason. Yeah. It does have like a tinge of, of British to it. But now, like, yeah, this is the first time that I actually noticed. No, his accent's definitely Australian. And it makes sense that it would be because of the whole flag thing. Yeah. He's got the, he's got the Australian flag, albeit a, um, a revised version of the Australian flag on his, on his shoulder. 
It's kind of, yeah no you're right yeah so he he's got the um yeah instead of in place of the Union Jack we get mm. the Aboriginal flag yeah um which, which is really cool yeah which recently was like the twentieth anniversary of the film which is like just in itself like that's too much for me to think of right now but <laughs> yeah that was like a, a pretty pretty cool thing I mean back in ninety seven particularly like yeah that would have been a big deal but yeah it, like speaking of his accent like yeah you are kind of right like it's kind of like um. I, I also think of like Hugo Weaving. Yeah, Another totally. Australian actor with like, you know, a uh, like, I don't know, not a British accent. Do you call I it like it, an international accent? I think it's just the fact that neither of them speak like fucking idiots like we do. Like yeah. they have like good elocution and mm. they, you know, speak properly or have the capacity to speak properly. Yeah. And I guess they're like speaking in all different accents all the time for work. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, we, you and I talk like, you know, we're speaking in cursive, like it's just blah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good one. I like the flag. Yeah. Um, there was also, uh, <laughs> I think, only one scene. Or maybe there was a few instances of it. Jason Isaacs, um, mm. DJ, the the um, the medic on mm. board, of mm-hmm. course. Um, Twenty forty seven, smoking cigarettes. Oh yeah, aboard a ship. Good to see smoking alive and well in twenty forty seven, and still in the um, the very standard analog form. Of smoking a cigarette. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Like that's it for like we've we've reached we've completed cigarettes. It's the pinnacle of cigarettes. Just yeah. The, yeah. Thank you for participating. <laughs> we, we've now reached the end. Um, just continue buying. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. yeah. Keep at it. I did think that was funny because it's not like you you know you talk about like things that are like when we talked about Waterworld. You know, it's anachronistic. So there's like it's specifically got sort of objects or you know uh, technology that's out of its time mm. uh, and that's used specifically but this seemed like maybe that was going to be a thing and then that was it yeah <laughs> he's, he's smoking a regular cigarette yeah and uh, yeah nothing else followed that suit big cigarette wins again big sets right those smoke, dogs smoke those dogs <laughs> um yeah uh, I think we've 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 definitely I've already covered Cooper being swatted onto the windscreen, yeah, uh, and then and then uh, Doctor Weir blowing through the windscreen, decompressing the entire ship, which I uh, I just can't let that go. I, no, I, yeah, nor nor should you. Yeah, seems silly, but uh, anyway, um, what else happened in that movie? I'm trying to think now. I got a fucking My couple of tidbits for stink. you. Yeah, I got me. a couple of red hot tidbits for you. Hit me. My biggest gripe with this film, and some might call it a non-issue. I call it, I call it insane, frankly. <laughs> but in the opening of the movie, um, after we wakes up from his weird nightmare, <laughs> his um, prophetic dream, if you will, mm. he is on a he's on a space station. Uh, orbiting Earth. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And he um, he looks out the window of the space station, mm-hmm. and then we get like that. Um, it's like a rotating spin view, like um, like zoom out of of that to kind of view uh, the yeah. entire space station. <laughs> and the, the breaking news shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spinning newspaper. Yeah. And um, as we zoom out, we see more of the space station, and you see that Weir is in a pod. Mm. And that there are other pods around, assumedly where, you know, um, human beings hang out. And you see the connections to them, but you don't see any 
There's no like human connection. It all looks like scaffolding. Yeah. Like it doesn't look like there's any way that you can get from one pod to another without going into space. Yeah. Which fucking shits me to tears. <laughs> How do you overlook that? Surely. I yeah I I because there's no mention of it either. Like they don't no. talk about it. It's just he wakes up in like that wasn't a dream sequence as well, was it? I mean, it's been like no, a, no, no, it wasn't. It, that was that was a real he wakes, sequence. He wakes up from the dream yep. in his little small like floating room yeah and there's just it's purely held together with structural like materials with no connecting parts between all the different like rooms yeah Yeah. it's a real oversight and it really grinds my gears (laughs) the other thing I wanted to mention they were doing a um, anniversary edition I think it was a 20th anniversary edition blu-ray of Event Horizon wow. with a bunch of like lost footage, if you will. But the particular, there's a particular scene um, that we mentioned where they, after they run that footage of the ship through a few filters <laughs> and then it comes, you see like glimpses of hell and people ripping each other apart. Mm. That scene was originally meant to go for much longer. Right. It took them like, I think it was like a week to film or something, but I've just pulled up an article here <sighs> and it's- um, that for a week? Yeah, it's uh, from a from a 2006 documentary about the making of the film, um, and it is the director Paul W S Anderson mm. um, talking about this scene which they filmed and which was meant to go for a lot longer. Freaked out test audiences apparently, <laughs> yeah. um, and when they showed Paramount executives, they were all like, "This is not, this is not at all what we were expecting." <laughs> but the direct quote from him says. Um, all the people from Paramount, I think, were just really, really shocked by what they saw. You've got to remember that this is the studio that made Star Trek. So I think their minds, in their minds, they kind of thought it was like Star Trek again, but with a bit more violence or something. Right. I don't think they were really expecting what they got. No. It um, was effectively a blood orgy. Massively. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there was another... Yeah, so there's a good description here. It says, in one, of, in one of the movie's more disturbing moments, the rescue team watched footage of the spaceship's now presum- presumably deceased crew indulging in a literal orgy of sex and violence. Although this footage is only briefly seen in the movie, makeup effects artist Bob Keane would estimate that the sequence took around a week to film uh, and was preceded by a month's worth of prep. <laughs> Sorry, preceded by a month's worth of prep to ready the scene's many grotesque gags. Gags is in uh, inverted commas there. Right. Um, and then another quote. It says, We used amputees and porn stars, producer Jeremy Bolt said, of shooting the footage during a 2011 Q&A. We figured if you're going to go to hell, you've really got to do it. You can't tap dance. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a sensational and yeah. sensational quote to me. But so this footage has been, this actual like long footage has been lost for years and no one knows where it is. Right. And I think... They've either found it or they're trying to find it for this Blu-ray edition. But man, I'd love to see what it turned out like because it must be, it must be just completely demented. I yeah. I want. Did you say how long it was? They didn't say how long it was originally meant to no. be. No. But I'm just curious as to like, because you know that was the scene that really like scarred me as a kid when I watched yeah. this movie was that brief sort of flash you see, which you don't really. You don't like clearly see anything, but like you kind of get an idea of what's going on. Mm. I don't know how much more of like what, what yeah. else is there to show. It must have been pretty fucked up for them to go. You know what? Maybe just don't show that much of 
of that bit. Yeah, yeah, it sounds <laughs> intense. Unreal. Anyway, let's um let's delve into some sequels, shall we? Yeah, 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 let's do it. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first this time? I went first last time. If you yeah. but I can I can absolutely go first this time. Yeah, hit 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 me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um so we both we both wrote these immediately after we um we watched the movie. So well, I was going to say that I didn't put a lot of thought into it, but I haven't put a lot of thought into the previous two either. So, and I think that's what makes them. But they've worked. Yeah, maybe that's your secret. In like a real loose way, they worked. I guess. <laughs> I mean, there's a sample size of one. <laughs> I'm all thumbs up for your ideas so far. Oh, that's very kind of you. <laughs> okay, well, this one's just as unhinged. Um, you know, I try to keep things weird, as is my want. It's my want as well. <laughs> Uh, okay, so my sequel is called Event Horizon 2, World War 3. <laughs> don't know why. Sorry, that's, that's a great title, but I immediately just filled in the blanks. <laughs> Event Horizon 2, Electric Boogaloo for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now space I- disco. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Saturday Night Fever in space. God damn it. Jeez, ah, come on. <laughs> No one makes enough movies about mundane shit happening in space, you know? Yeah, yeah. Give me, just give me like Grease in space. <laughs> or like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, space, space opera. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh. I don't need gun, I don't need lasers, I don't need like broken spaceships. <laughs> just give me like, a, 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 even just a romantic comedy set in space. Oh, no. I wish we had this conversation before... Like committing yeah. to this recording app yeah. because I would yeah. absolutely do that. <laughs> That's okay. We learn, and and next next time will be maybe it'll be something in space. Who knows? <laughs> Praise for the next episode. Yeah. Sequel ideas are both space operas, <laughs> no matter what we pick. <laughs> yeah, we'll be watching like a comedy, and it'll be no, 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 no. space opera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so Event Horizon Two, World War Three. Um, so, uh, yeah, at the end of, of Event Horizon, the life pod, um, uh, yeah, the front of the ship gets separated from the back of the ship. Um, we and, um, Captain Miller, um, go back into the black hole, presumably back to the dimension from whence it came. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest of the crew go on and survive, blah, blah, blah. So a further seven years have passed since that incident. The ship returns again to the same place. Mm-hmm. Another rescue team is sent out. This time you don't know the rescue team. They're like a faceless team. Yep. Kind of like the ones that came in at the end of the movie to save the crew. Yeah. You don't really know them. You don't get to know them. Mm-hmm. They enter the ship. Weir is waiting and he says something real corny. Um, I've just got, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> Which is it's not that corny. But, you know, he'd say it in a corny way. Or maybe yeah. the line would be better. I don't know. He'd find a way. Yeah, he would. He yeah. would. Suddenly the crew is surrounded by a bunch of like hell lackeys. Ooh, yeah, okay. And they're real like like they're people like Saddam Hussein's there, oh. like Genghis Khan's there, right? You know, yeah. um, just bad people from hell. They've yeah. really come back with the ship. Um, so the kill, I'm sorry, the crew, the crew are all <laughs> killed, mm-hmm. um, and then a slow clap starts from the shadows of the room that they're in, <laughs> and then a man walks into the light. It's Adolf Hitler. Oh no, Space Hitler Space Hitler, baby He's back (laughs) The ship is just full of the worst people And they're all led by by Hitler Mm -hmm. And he's hell-bent on revenge 
Right. Um, so they take the rescue ship and then they head to Earth. Yeah. And then once they're there, it's clear that Earth has really become like a spacefaring civilization and then there's no way they could actually get to Earth without anyone seeing them. Right. And Hitler's real pissed off. He hadn't thought it through. He's like, God damn it. Yeah. How am I going to... How am I going to get my revenge? He wasn't ready for any space warfare. Yeah. So anyway, they start scheming and eventually they decide to try and sneak into Earth and they'll take it from the inside, you know? Right. Yep. So they turn Weir back into his non-fucked Earth self. Yep. Um, and then he stages like, oh my God, I'm back. And it was crazy, but like, you know, I'm here now. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> this hell play is crazy. <laughs> You gotta see it. Yeah, I'm gonna catch up on some sleep now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so it works, and they get back in. So all of these people are on Earth. All of the hell people, they're back. <laughs> um, but then they realize that with no direct link to um, their home world through the event horizon, yep. they don't really have the same powers. Oh, to okay. do anything. So they just. So they just, just people again. They've got to do like a grassroots campaign to like. <laughs> To get back in. So, so Hitler, this is basically just a segue to get Hitler back on Earth. Yeah. Well, I mean, it didn't start out that way, but it, it definitely ended that way. Oh, but I didn't want, I didn't want, I didn't want to be like Hitler's going back to power because that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. So yeah. I thought he tries, Yeah. but no one takes him seriously. Right. Because he just goes up and straight up announces, like, I'm Hitler and I'm back. And everyone's like, fuck off. Yeah. Okay. You're not Hitler. Hitler's dead. Yeah. You're just some dickhead. Yeah, yeah. So no one believes him and he's got nothing. He's just like, well, I can't really do anything. It's become a grim character study <laughs> of, like, lost identity or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the hell, the hell crew. <laughs> That's what that. I call them, the hell crew. I love that. <laughs> They're feeling really defeated and they start to wonder what they'll do. There's no way they can make it back to the event horizon. (laughs) It's not possible. Um, So they take a good hard look at themselves and decide to just make the best out of being back on Earth. (laughs) So we goes back to designing spaceships. (laughs) Genghis Khan starts a party bus surface. Service. Yeah, okay. Uh, and um, Hitler gets by doing impressions of himself at weird birthday parties. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's the way. <laughs> it's the best sequel I've ever heard. <laughs> I wish I went first. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> it just became a real human story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in the end, isn't that what it is? You know? I, I mean, I'm not sure how... People might feel about you know such a dark initial premise, yeah, becoming about people trying to empathise with <laughs> arguably the most awful people who have ever existed. Look, to be honest, I had my thoughts about that, yeah, and then I realised that they pretty much did that with Preacher, yeah, okay, the TV show. Yeah. Actually, you know what you've kind of done, yeah, because it starts off with like these. Awful, awful men. <laughs> <laughs> awful, awful, awful men. Awful. There's some women in there as well. Oh, there's, okay. There's bad women. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Awful people. No, I'm not. It's not like a sexist thing. Yeah, yeah. People, okay. yeah. Yeah, there are awful people. Oh, they're all walks so of many life. Awful. Yeah, yeah. It makes all sorts. And they come back from hell to what you know. When you were explaining it, it sounded to me like they're going to come and take over Earth and turn it into 
the like new hell. <laughs> yeah. Um, hell two. Yeah. But what ended up happening is that they ended up kind of in their own personal hell. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. See, nothing. You, you can't get anything by spreading hate. There's a message here. <laughs> And that's exactly what I set out to do. <laughs> Deliver a, a message. What a good moral story you yeah. provide. <laughs> yeah. Ah, well done. Yeah, completely thought out message that I had there that you maybe only just, <laughs> just put into my head. <laughs> hey, that's how we get the best results here, yeah, I think. Yeah. I'm running with it, man. Um, okay. <laughs> now I don't want to say. <laughs> no, I want to hear it. Okay, well... Um, you're so much better at this than I. So I, I, I uh, as we were like watching this film, I mentioned to you that I was I found a a Roger Ebert review of this movie, which I I just really like Roger Ebert's re- uh, reviews of movies sometimes. Mm-hmm. Great and, name um, too, Roger Ebert. Right? Yeah, it is yeah. a great name. Yeah, you know how I learned about Roger Ebert and who he is, huh. film critic. Just in case, you know, like, yeah, you know, people don't know, um, famous American film critic. I learnt about Roger Ebert because of a gag in The Simpsons. Oh, classic. <laughs> yeah. Homer literally says a line, something along the lines of like, he's in a high stress situation and he says, I'm sweating like Roger Ebert. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. And I was like, who? And I looked it up and that's how I learned about Roger Ebert. That's great. Yeah. I love that. So there you go. So I I looked, I found a review for Event Horizon by Roger Ebert and had a read through it. And I thought that was pretty interesting. And uh, I believe it was in that review that I read something about the, um, you know, Event Horizon being like a metaphor for, for man going too far and they've broken um, natural laws and they're being punished. Uh, right? So that on that like, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought, all right, well, if I'm making a sequel, I've got to, I've got to take that metaphor even further right so instead of man just being punished for breaking the laws what if man um has done something they've pushed the laws too far um in creating this m drive i mean gravity drive um and now instead of just being punished for it they become unwitting pawns of their own creation and uh, are manipulated into bringing you know a greater entity into being Okay, which is like I know it's sort of sounding a little uh, Rocco's Basilisky, but uh, but stick with me. This is like the thing that I came up with on your couch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so in the future, and I haven't specified how far because I that's fine. St- we don't need whatever. To. In the future, we'll waterworld it. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm giving myself some leeway given some of the plot holes I found at the end of the film, the original one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in the future, a strange signal is again received from Neptune space, just Mm -hmm. like in the beginning of the first one that leads them there. Um, and a ship is also sent to investigate and discover, you know, uh, what's going on and what's there and things like that. And so a small crew from a space station that is halfway between Neptune and Earth is like a small crew of people there. They are no researchers or scientists or something, whatever. Um, so they, they are sent to go check it out and then report back to Earth and let them know what they find. They go to where the spot is and they find um, the, uh, the back end of the ship that was a, you know, last seen sucked into the black hole and we presume taken to hell or Dimension X or whatever the hell it's called. And they board the ship and find an unconscious Captain Miller. Okay. All right. So he's alive um, and everything, but he's, he's unconscious um, there's no sign of Dr. Weir anywhere, but they bring him back uh, to the spaceship and they report back to Earth that like, hey, we found this dude, he's unconscious. 
uh, or he was unconscious, but now he's like, he's come to, but he has no recollection of anything. He doesn't remember like the events leading up to him disappearing. He doesn't recall how he got back or anything like that. He's just woken up and... Total amnesia. Total amnesia. <laughs> His mind is a doom. <laughs> uh, so, you know, while they're sort of like, uh, they're just like observing him and then trying to like help him figure out what's going on and everything like that. And um, he, you know, he starts to exhibit sort of strange behaviors, you know, like wandering off uh, and having no recollection about how he got there. Just sort of like wandering the space station thing um talking to like no one in particular in latin because <laughs> yeah yeah gotta have latin once you've been to hell <laughs> you know latin and then uh you know and then like uh the main thing is that he's like he's he's sort of drawing and like scribbling on paper a lot like just like notes and note pages but but like seemingly gibberish like things don't seem to make any sort of sense right yeah yeah and they sort of put it off it's like ah oh, you know ptsd like they have a vague sort of idea about the the history of event horizon but like obviously they don't know the story right like hmm. this ship uh was there and it disappeared and then it came back again and then a crew went to go find it and it disappeared again and they found two survivors who were like deeply traumatized hmm. so they don't really know the specifics so they put something this down to like oh he's also traumatized and he's just having some sort of psychotic episode or whatever um and they just sort of are observing him while they wait for like help from earth like people who are more i don't know psychologists or doctors or scientists or something to come and study him or some something like that so he's permitted to do just like whatever and they just watch him and he starts tinkering and building and stuff and he's scrawling and you know drawing and, and building and building and stuff but um, yeah, they, he like he doesn't understand like what he's building. Like when they ask him, he's just sort of like he doesn't know, and he's always in like a fugue state and stuff like that, uh, and unresponsive. And then someone on board recognizes like an equation in one of his gibberish things, and they're like, "It's the it's the equation from Doctor Weir's gravity drive." Ah. And you know, so they become like suspicious that he's trying to build this gravity drive, which like they don't want because like. The only thing to ever have a gravity drive keeps disappearing. <laughs> um, so they they raise it with him, and um, uh, all of a sudden he just turns violent. And then we cut to uh, the the Earth team arriving to the spaceship. No one there. They, there's like no one answering hails on approach. They can't find anyone, and then they eventually just find Captain Miller just by himself, with like a, a much more along the way like thing that he's building like he's he's made a lot of progress on this thing so now they're trying to figure out like what the fuck's going on like why you know who is he and what's his story and also where the fuck is everybody who was like originally here so now um as they're like trying to figure all this stuff out they come across footage security footage of like activity up to like their arrival and it's like him building and scrolling stuff and then all of a sudden, they see like footage of the violent outburst, and it freaks them out. They're like, "Ah, oh, what the fuck? Like something horrible has happened." And like the um, like the tapes that they see. On- yeah, gotcha. Sort yeah, of like yeah, a similar yeah. vibe. Like you, you know, the, we're not privy to like what they see, but like something awful obviously happens, and it's to do with that thing he's building. And um, so they start freaking out, and they're like, "You know, what do we do?" And this is, you know, um, so they they try to like investigate a bit more and things like that. And uh, at this point, it was uh, I started to really run out of steam and have no idea where the fuck <laughs> I was going with it. But what I'm thinking is that basically, um, Miller is like still possessed by like hell, hell people, and he's trying to like recreate the same portal to hell, but like on an even bigger scale. 
so that people can come through the dimension into Earth, like into you know our solar system, and just take over from that end. Nice. And so now it's like a race against the clock to stop him and his awful, awful machine, <laughs> and that's and save Earth. That's great. I and like that's that. Right with that. But I didn't have a cool title. Uh, Event Horizon Two. Uh, Hell on Earth. Hell. On- <laughs> I used Hell or High Water. I think in the in the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hell or High Orbit. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's that's actually a good idea. Like I know I said at the beginning of this, we talk about movies that would never get made, but I don't know, man. Someone, someone, you know. I reckon you could sell that to Paramount. Fund that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I only have one stipulation: heaps of just like. Porn star orgy sex oh, yeah. and, and people gutting themselves. That's normalized these days. You could get that through no problem. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. I want like at least an hour of that. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> like the plot is extremely thin. Oh, yeah. So we just fill up the rest of the, the script with screw Flanders. Yeah. And like we're good. <laughs> we're fine. That's how it works. Yeah. Oh, man. That was great. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, that was another good, fun time. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we are selling this. Yeah. Yeah. I hope everyone else has enjoyed listening to it as much as I've enjoyed saying it. We had a good time and so did you. Yeah. 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 People will like what I tell them to like. (laughs) (laughs) No, but for realsies, um, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Um, If you have a sequel idea for Event Horizon or maybe for one of the previous other two uh, episodes that we've done, um, send them in. We want to hear them and we will read them out. We'll read some good ones out anyway. Maybe not all of them. What <laughs> <laughs> if it's trash? Space orgies encouraged. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you do, um, if you do want to send one in, send it to the Motion Picture uh, Podcast at gmail.com. That is the Motion Picture Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Well said. Thank you. I don't know why I had to say it twice, but <laughs> I just did. I went with it. Yeah, send it through, and um, we will we'll read it. I, I don't know. I don't know how. Maybe we'll do like an episode where we just read out heaps. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Just to sort of get like a yeah quick rundown. Obviously, we'll have to do it a lot shorter than our ramblings. But, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it'd be cool to go through a few uh, few ideas. Yeah, like a like a um, like a mailbag episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I okay. like that. I can dig that. Hell yeah! All right, cool. Well, until next time, um, take it easy. Don't don't. Um, don't go near any gravity drives. Yes, please stay away from those. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Bye. Bye.